Good morning. So if you're in Ignite or Spark, so if you're junior high or below, Spark meets back there. Ignite, you guys go back through that center door. Yes, see, we're running and really happy today. Um, I told Pastor Aaron as he came off stage that I was going to make fun of him. So next week, if he doesn't say Ignite and Spark uh, or dismiss them, then we just need to yell, Aaron! Okay, you can do that when I come up. So it's a little bit more awkward for me, but... I'm really excited to be with you guys this morning, and we're going to be in Psalm chapter 55 and Psalm 100 this morning. I am, one, realizing how quickly and how vastly different emotions can feel just in like the span of one week right now. So I'm going to pray, and we're going to get into this passage, and I think it's got a lot of application for our world right now. Heavenly Father, we just come before you and we ask that as we read these psalms from David, that that God, you would open our eyes and our hearts to the things we're uh, fearing or afraid of or or things that maybe are causing us uh, discomfort or maybe there's misunderstanding or miscommunication. God, that you would allow us to see the, the beauty of who you are that we can live lives full of thankfulness and praise, that we can shift where our heart is right now to where our heart can be by your grace. So we pray that this morning and that you would open our eyes and convict us of what we need to change. We say all this in Jesus' name. Amen. My name is John Mueller. I'm the lead pastor here at Sunlight Community Church. I'd like to welcome you here, whether it's online or in person. Uh, this morning, we, like I said, we're going to be in the book of Psalms. Um, last week, we started a new series called Attack of the Heart. Right now, our hearts are under attack. Has anyone turned on something on the TV and realized how angry people are? <laughs> I mean, anything right now. Anything that someone is actually talking that's a live thing seems people are angry. We're going to be talking today about changing from fear to living a life of praise and thankfulness. And, and many of us, this is a struggle every day. Even my wife says to me often, I, I tell her I'm giving her facts and she tells me I'm complaining. You ever have that moment? It's hard to live a life of praise and thankfulness when a lot's going on in the world. So if you have our app, you can click at the link at the top of the feed or if, uh, and you find our version event with the notes, or if you're watching online, you pull it up on one device and watch it, and then pull it up on another device for the notes. So today we're going to talk about the choice of thankfulness and praise. Everyone makes choices. How many of you made the choice to wake up this morning? If someone doesn't raise their hand, I know you're going to fall asleep during the sermon. Okay. Everyone makes choices. There's a tons of choices. Do we go to school? Do we go to work? Do we visit friends? Do we play video games for 10 hours? Wait, no one made that choice today? Okay, all right. There's so many different choices we make. Do we watch The Mandalorian on Fridays or on Sundays and everyone spoils it by Sunday, right? What are are we going to do? We have to make a choice. When we feel different emotions, we decide to do different things. When we're attacked with fear, what do we do? What do we choose to do? We could run. That's the first thing, right? Couldn't we run away from whatever we're afraid of? Anyone afraid of spiders? Can I get some hands? Spiders? Snakes? Who's afraid of snakes? Okay, so when you see a spider or a snake, what do you do? Can you tell me? 
I'm expecting a real answer. You, you squish it or run away. But if you're really afraid of spiders, you run first and get someone else, right? That's what I've seen. I had my, parent, my, my, my parents, my kids, they're not, that's the opposite. My kids run up to me and say, there's a spider in there. And it was like one of those pincher bugs. I'm like, well, now I know they're afraid of pincher bugs too. I mean, those things are so small. We still have a choice to make. We can run from fear or we can face it head on. And that is a choice we have to make every day. We have a choice to make then. Do we live in fear or do we live a life of thankfulness and praise? We can wake up in the morning and just decide that we're going to do things on our own. And so when our heart is attacked, when we're attacked with fear, we're going to run or we're going to fight, but we're still going to do it on our own. When we're attacked from the outside, maybe it's something external. Maybe some of you work for terrible bosses, right? Or maybe some of you go to school and you don't like school or whatever it is. It might be the outside or it might be the inside. It might be you're just really anxious about everything that's happening in the world. It might be inside and you're getting attacked at your heart. So it's one way or another, but we, we have to choose something then. Are we going to live a life of fear or a life of thankfulness and praise? We have to choose that. So today we're going to look at two chapters in the book of Psalms. We're not looking at all of Psalm 55. We're looking at the beginning of it. And we're going to have to choose what, how we're going to respond to what's going on around us. David, in the first Psalm, Psalm 55, is in the grips of fear And in the other, he's making a choice to worship and be thankful and praise. So turn with me to Psalm 55. It'll be up here on the the front screen, but if you have your Bibles with you, I would encourage you, uh, Psalms is in the Old Testament. And I'm going to read the first four verses here. And if you listen to the first four verses, I mean, it's a prayer that I myself, I don't know if I have the guts to pray. Because he's pretty demanding of God. As I was reading this, I thought, if I prayed like this, I think some of you, if I prayed from the stage, you'd be like, whoa, (laughs) why are you talking like that? But David prays with some confidence because he's not hearing from God, and so he knows God is there. So it says, give ear to my prayer, O God, and do not hide yourself from my plea for mercy. Attend to me and answer me. I'm restless in my complaint, and I moan. Because of the noise of the enemy, because the oppression of the wicked, for they drop trouble upon me, and in anger they bear a grudge against me. My heart is in anguish within me. The tears of death have fallen upon me. Wow. Isn't that pretty heavy? I didn't pick the best psalm, right? You want one that's going to inspire you today. Well, that's what Psalm 100 is for. This is Psalm of David, and he's crying out to God. He's saying to God, give ear to my request. Lean in. Give ear to my request. Have you ever tried to talk to someone that's, that's scrolling through their phone? God's not scrolling through his phone when you cry out to him, and then you have to be like, God, come on, God, give me, listen, listen, listen. There's none of that. It's, it's God, give ear to my prayer. It's like assumed. David should know that God's going to give his ear to his prayer. We can ask God to listen to us, and we should pray with expectation. David is surprised when God has been silent, though. That's why he says something here. I think this is very important. He says, don't hide from me. He wouldn't say that unless he was surprised. Like, why aren't you talking to me, God? Why aren't you responding? So that's why we need to pray with expectation. And we need to live knowing 
God is listening when we're overwhelmed with fear. David's clearly overwhelmed. He talked about, he asked for mercy, and then when he's asking for mercy, I, I, I heard the word mercy, and I think, what does that mean all the time? Like, like what, what does it mean here? It's when God, God faithfully keeps his promises and maintains his relationships with us despite our unworthiness or our unfaithfulness. David wasn't a perfect person, neither are we. But yet, much like David, we can be filled with fear and have some reactions like his. He continues to yell. I mean, I can just envision him on his knees, yelling, crying out to God, and then someone's writing this down. You know, there's like a scribe there going, oh, I'm going to write this one down. This is really desperate. (laughs) Okay. He says, give me attention, God. Respond. He becomes restless. He has no peace. He can't sleep. He's got a growing pain and an emotional response. Most of you, if you're old enough, at some point you had butterflies in your stomach. Do you know what I'm talking about? When you like someone, you're like, oh, I got some butterflies in my stomach. And all of a sudden, you break up. I'm talking about high school breakups, but your chest hurts. You're like, oh, I feel the pain inside, this emotional pain. He's got this emotional response. And the fear is coming from the loud verbal attacks of his enemies. There's constant verbal abuse from other people and from Satan. This oppression he, he, he talks about, he calls wicked. These same people drop trouble in his lap and they hold grudges. They do all these things against him. Now think about this. If this is the four steps to his plea, though, so all this is happening, he does four things. And maybe you need to pray like this. Because David's praying like this because, honestly, he knows something's not right. He doesn't feel things are right in the world. He says, Give ear, so give ear, God, listen to me. Don't hide from me. Don't hide from me. I, I, I can't have you hiding from me right now. The thing is, did David move or did God move? And the, the answer is, God didn't go anywhere. And he says, pay attention. Please pay attention. Well, of course God's paying attention. But even David at this point is so filled with fear, he's like, I can't take it anymore. I need you. And then he says, answer me. I don't know about you, but if I started praying, answer me, God, like in that tone, in the tone that it seems like he's praying in, it'd be, that was so different than the way I look at it or the way I would pray. We can cry out in desperation, though. God, please help my situation. I don't know what to do. But the fear he's feeling is actually much worse than these first verses show us. So I'm, I'm actually going to read from verse 5 through 8 now. And it gets, it gets much worse. You ever, you ever have a story that you thought, this is the bottom of the barrel, this is the worst part of the story? It, it, it gets worse. So verse 5, it says, Fear and trembling come upon me, and horror overwhelms me. And I say, oh, that I had wings like a dove, and I would fly away and be at rest. Yes, I would wander far away. I would lodge in the wilderness. I would find, hurry to find a shelter from the raging wind and tempest. He says all these things, and I, I can't help but think when I read this. David's heart is in anguish like he's going to die. I was a teenager once. I'm of a confession. I think I said to my parents a few different times, like, this is so bad, I feel like I'm going to die. Okay? David is doing that right now. 
David's like, I'm going to die. It sounds like a panic attack. Just last week, we talked about anxiety. This sounds like a panic attack. His body's physically shaking, and he's gripped with fear. He can't do anything to get out of it. And this is when he needs to know, and we need to know, God is with us when we're desperately afraid. He's desperate. It's not just being overwhelmed with fear. He's desperate. This torment and hurt is not just emotional and physical. He's, he's, David is the leader that was fearless in the past. As a teenager, he goes out into a field with a giant that all the warriors of his entire country, his nation, are afraid of. And he goes out there to fight a giant and wins and has victory for the Lord. And then now he's gripped by fear. So quickly things change. I think something happened. I think something happened here, and, and, and if you look at the other Psalms, including Psalm 51, you see that David was getting worn down, and he knew his vulnerabilities at this point. He knew that he wasn't going to be the perfect king. He knew he was getting worn down. So here's my encouragement to all of us. Don't get worn down as you get older in life and you realize how vulnerable you are. People tend to realize in ever-increasing ways how vulnerable you are. Like it, 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 but you need to take heart. And the attack he's in, it's kind of progressive. Think about this. It falls on me. These are, the, these are the verbs used here. It falls on me, it enters into me, and it covers me. You notice how that's a little different? Like falling into trouble versus covered in trouble? It, 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 it's a progression. It's attacks from the outside, and then it's attacking his heart. So he has a decision to make. And that decision is, I'm going to fight this or I'm going to run from it. And that's his choice here. So are we going to face our enemies or run from them? David makes his choice in verse 6, six through 8. He wants to fly away. He said, talks about flying away like a dove. I just want to get away. You know, there's a lot of poetry about flying away. A lot of poets, like, run like the idea is running from the situation they're in and they're, they're, they're writing to get away from that. He wants to fly away. He wants to wander into the wilderness, which doesn't sound like really a great thing, but his enemies must be really bad because he's wanting to wander into the wilderness. He wants to find shelter, and that, at that point he'll have less fear response. He's asking God to give him shelter in the middle of this attack of his heart. So you may be asking yourself, this is the first time I'm at sunlight or the 50th time I'm at sunlight. But, but if David is afraid in this moment, and David is King David, he's the one that, that ruled the nation of Israel, but was a man after God's own heart, that's what it says in Scripture, how can I overcome the fear that I might feel on a daily basis? Or I might, I might have anxiety. I might, have, uh, I might be afraid of snakes, but I feel like snakes are everywhere right now. Or I might feel like spiders are everywhere. There's a few things that I think we need to understand. Just like past spiritual giants like him, biblical examples have dealt with this in people that are just like us. So some gave in, some withstood the attack, but we need to realize something when we're attacked with fear is we can't run away from fear. It's just not possible. It's going to return in a more dangerous way later. It's kind of like opening the door to something that could be much worse. So John Calvin, 
uh, he, he said this about the psalm, and I think this is important. This is, this is the words, uh, he says, these are the words of a man driven to the borders of desperation. He's pretty desperate. And may, many of us don't feel desperate, right? Anyone eat breakfast? Anyone have coffee this morning? Anyone, anyone have a, a, a house over their head? Even if it's not ideal? We're not pretty desperate. David is desperate. David is the equivalent of, I don't know where my next meal is coming desperate right here. And he's in desperation. He's crying out to God to free him from the oppression around him, the wickedness around him. And he's afraid. He's made a decision that I think we make every day. When our emotions and our response to what others do is stronger than our response to what God has done, it almost shifts it into being an idol. We're worshiping it. So whatever it is. in this week, a lot of us, it's been something that, that's uh, been, been pent up all year. There's a lot of things that have been pent up all year. If you had told me in January that we would be uh, in a pandemic and all these different things happening, I would have told you you're crazy. But that's not how the world works, right? God already knew this was going to happen. God was sitting on the throne before and is sitting on the throne now. So nothing has changed. And David, in this moment, is acting almost as if something has changed. He's so afraid. The same God that rescued him from a giant as a teenager is the same God that he's praying to now. But he's praying like, where are you, God? So then we get to Psalm 100. Psalm 100, it's, it's five verses. And he, he chooses to replace fear with something better. So turn with me to Psalm 100. And Psalm 100 is one of my favorite psalms. Another one of my favorite psalms is Psalm 13, actually. Um, it's a little bit more like Psalm 55, but Psalm 100. Now, this is almost a song we could sing. You know, Pastor Aaron should sing. There's like 10 songs that are after Psalm 100 here. So Psalm 100 says, Make a joyful noise to the Lord all the earth. Serve the Lord with gladness. Come into his presence with singing. Know that the Lord, he is God. He, it is he who has made us, and we are his. We are his people, the sheep of his pasture. Enter his gates with thanksgiving, his courts with praise. Give thanks to him. Bless his name, for the Lord is good. His steadfast love endures forever, and his faithfulness is to all generations. Make a joyful noise. You guys probably would not want me to sing. I do not make a very joyful noise. It's only when everyone else is singing louder than me that it's joyful, okay? But this is not what that's talking about. You may think that, like, it's about singing. It's fanfare for a king. It's what happens when a king comes back from a mighty victory, and people are yelling at the top of their lungs. This is claiming the earth for the Lord. All the earth is his. And what comes next is one of the most encouraging psalms when we're in the middle of an attack on our heart. It's, 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 it simply directs us to turn our fear into worship, thankfulness, and praise. God turns our fear. It, it's a change. It's a complete change. We're invited into the presence of God. It says, serve and come into his presence. There are seven commands here in five verses. Seven is the number of perfection. It's, it's, it's written to tell us who should praise. So who, 
I'm going to say us, anyone watching online, anyone here in the room, who should praise, how to praise, and then who to praise. Those are the three things it shows us. These directions and commands fill, fill us with an opportunity to replace fear with praise. If you may be asking, if you're like me, I, I read this and I'm like, so why should we do what this says? The why is, is actually in this passage. So if you read verses 1 and 2, it gives you a bunch of commands. And then you get to verse 3, and it gives you the why for verse 1 and 2. And then verse 4 is another more commands. And then verse 5 is the why for verse 4. So if you actually look through this, it's telling you as it goes why you should be doing what was right before that. So if you're going to move from fear to worship and thankfulness and praise, we have to be public about what God's doing in our lives. The verse 3 starts with, know the Lord that he is God. If we're going to replace the fear of being bold about your faith, you have to be vocal about what he's done for you. I can't think of a better time to be vocal about it. If God does something small in your life, people really need some encouragement. So why not just tell them what God's doing in your life? That's a great opportunity. You have to be vocal about it. But it is a confession. And verse 3 makes a confession here. He made us. We are his people, and we are the sheep of his pasture. Sheep of his pasture is definitely a reference to Psalm 23. They're very closely connected. He made us. Why should we worship him? He made us. Why should we not be afraid? He made us. Why should we not run from the fear of other people? Because we are his people. And we're the sheep of his pasture. During the Roman Empire, the early Christians would say Jesus is Lord, but they were required to say Caesar is Lord, and they paid a price. This is, we don't pay a price for saying Jesus is Lord, unless it's maybe peer pressure or, or social uh, people being uh, negative towards you socially. So then you get past the confession, and in verse 4 it shows us thanks, thanksgiving and praise can happen together. Enter his gates with thanksgiving and his courts with praise. Give thanks and bless his name. It sounds like, sounds like a worship song, doesn't it? I mean, there's songs that we've sung here that have those exact lyrics. Because it's from the Psalms. Because that's the word of God. God is good. His steadfast, his consistent love, his faithfulness would last forever. It says, for all generations. So we started Psalm 100. And our viewpoint was like this, right? It was narrowed. Because when we were in Psalm 55, there's a lot of fear. God's not listening. I don't know what to do. Don't hide from me. Give me attention. Sounds pretty needy, right? But the reality is, aren't, in relationship to God, don't we need him? So our viewpoint was really small. But then Psalm 100, when you start reading that, it starts by broadening our viewpoint. And ends by lengthening our expectations. It's not just, our, our viewpoint is, he made us. He's the creator. We are his people. The, our viewpoint is just broadened. And then at the end, it says, for all generations. So forever. Today, you may not remember anything I say at all. But remember this, that the God of the universe made you and if you are one of his people, you are his people forever. Today is just a moment in time. 
in, in the scope of all eternity. Psalm 100 tells it all generations. When this was written, this is like 3,000 years ago. All generations for all eternity. That is huge. Our viewpoint is, is, is forever. And that should impact our worldview. When we start looking at, at our country, our state, our county, our city, our neighborhood, we start getting really small viewpoint. Because we can be frustrated with things that should not be frustrating us when we know the God of the universe that made us is going to be with us for all eternity. If we have an eternal focus, nothing that happens, no matter what happens in our country, no matter what happens halfway across the world, it shouldn't matter because this is still true. When we have other gods, and I I, I say that more generally, if we have other gods before God, we live in fear. If any of you have ever had to make a choice that was better for your family but was worse for your family financially, that was probably the right decision because you were doing something ethically right. You wanted to take care of your family. If we have other gods before God, we're just going to live in fear. But when God comes first, when we think of an eternal focus rather than just the here and now and this moment, we live in praise and thanksgiving. Why is this so? Why, why do you think this is so? Because our lives are not our own. If we're his people and he made us, our lives are not our own. Nothing we do is of, it, it, it matters in the eternal significance of his salvation story. You know, this week, well, it was released this week, but it was filmed a few weeks ago. FEC, had, uh, our, our fellowship of churches, had filmed a video of me, and they just kind of interviewed me and asked me some questions. And one of the, the points I made is, like, I realized on my sabbatical last year that the only thing that was getting between me and being emotionally healthy, uh, spiritually healthy, was the fact that I had an ego. And I'm like, what happens if I'm not there? Have you ever had that moment? Sometimes it's an ego thing. Sometimes it's that everyone you work with, everything would fall apart, Right? But the reality is, it is an ego thing, because the God of the universe is here and present in his church. (laughs) It's not about that. It has nothing to do with that. And when our lives are not our own, then we start realizing the insignificance of us and start realizing that we can be significant for God because we're not significant for us and building our own kingdoms. A quote from this psalm, it was about this psalm, said this, and I think this is important And I'm going to kind of end with this. The good things that we have are not solely or even primarily the results of our own strength. We'd like to believe they are, right? We'd like to believe they are. It's not our effort and that we are in need of guidance, mercy, and grace, and love that can only come from God. We want to think that it's our own strength and effort to get where we've got. And sometimes we don't want to think that, right? If, if, we're, if we're not where we want to be, we make excuses like it's everyone else's fault. Like I had terrible parents and I had this. We make excuses. The reality is, by God's grace and mercy, you're where you're at. And through his love, we're not our own. God is good, he loves us, and he's faithful. That's what Psalm 100 tells us. He, he's the creator God. So when we go to Thanksgiving, 
I don't know what your Thanksgiving is going to look like. I've been thinking about this all week. Depends on where you live, what state you're going to, if you're being with family, if you're not being with family. If your family says, we all need to wear masks, I'm still trying to figure out how I'm going to drink a drink with a mask. I haven't figured that out yet. But, like, what, what does that look like? Or is there someone that maybe is, is sick or, or maybe someone you won't be able to see? Maybe, maybe you've not been able to visit a relative because they're in a nursing home. Thanksgiving's going to look a lot different this year. And I think we need to prepare our hearts by reading Psalms 100. Psalm 100 is, is literally what we need to have on our mind when we go into that. Because I think otherwise we're going to be really disappointed. Our expectations are going to be like, I want it to be like last year. And I can't think of a year in my lifetime that we haven't thought, I want it to be like last year. Usually there's some reason why last year didn't go well. Well, I think anyone would take last year over this year, right? Anybody? Okay. I'm just saying, read Psalm 100. It'll fill you with a heart of thankfulness and praise. And so that is is what we need to be doing. When we have fear that something's not going to go well, and honestly, I've had a week where I've had a couple of those fears, and I had to go back to my sermon and read it and go, okay, this is what it says in Psalm 100. This is what God is telling us, and yet I'm living like Psalm 55 right now. I'm just like, God, you're not there. I don't see you. And so we have to shift towards a life of thankfulness and praise. I'm going to have Pastor Aaron come up, and uh, I, I just think that as a church, it really matters. Like, so what? what? What do we need to do now? What do we need to do when our hearts are attacked with fear? Last week we talked about anxiety, and we're, our hearts are atta- attacked with fear. We need to realize this, that God is listening and with us when we're overwhelmed and desperately afraid. And when I say desperately afraid, I think there's some of us in the room that are probably saying, I've never been desperately afraid in my life. I've never been overwhelmed by fear. But honestly, it's, here's how you know that you have, because I think we all have. What happens when something does not go your way? Are you angry? Do you avoid someone? What happens? What comes out of you? That's the moment that really matters, is when something does not go your way, what do you do about it? Or what do you don't do about it? That right here is what we need to replace, realizing that God is there listening, and he's with us in those moments. And it's okay to cry out to him like, like, I'll call David crazy, crazy David. He's like, give ear to my prayer. Listen, pay attention to me. Don't hide from me. It's okay to pray like that. And it's okay to pray like that when everyone else in the world is saying, your fear is irrational. It's not important. God thinks it's important because he's listening to you. He's right there because he loves you. It says his, his love is both steadfast. It's, 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 it's constant. And then it's also faithful for all generations. And then God can turn your fear, our fear, into worship, thankfulness, and praise. And we can sing out to him and realize who he is. And when I say praise, I don't necessarily mean singing. So I bet in a room like this size that about half of us don't think we can sing, right? At least. I know I can't sing. That's why he's the worship pastor, right? Okay. It's not about singing 
It might be speaking the praises of God. When we hear the word praise, it doesn't mean that we're singing songs or worship songs. It means we're living a life of praise and thankfulness. I've noticed something in the scriptures when Jesus said, you know, let the little children come to me. If you have young children or if you're around young children, there's something you start to notice if they pray. Their prayers start with thankfulness. My kids have gotten to this down to a science, the young ones. And how they pray is like this. They start praying and they go, God, just thank you for mom. Thank you for dad. Thank you for grandma. Thank you for, and the list goes on. I won't, I won't bore you with the list because that could be five minutes. And then it gets really low and it's like, thank you for a house. Thank you that mom cooks meals. Thank you. It keeps going and it keeps going and it keeps going. And that's what they pray for because they don't know anything else. Because they know God made them. I ask them why they pray like that. It's because God made me. Because God gave me everything I have. I'm like, wow. I want to be an adult with that kind of faith. I want to be an adult when I hear David's plight and I feel like David in Psalm 55 that I can flip and realize I need to be thankful in that moment. Because one, I still have breath. And two... God made me, and I am one of his people. If you're not one of his people this morning, this is a great opportunity to cry out to him, just like David did. Just like David did. Because God sent his son, Jesus Christ, to die on a cross so that we can be saved from the thing that I think we're all afraid of, our mortality. And he sent his son to die on a cross, but not just that, to be resurrected on the third day so we can have new life. So living a life of thankfulness and praise can only come through Jesus. It can't come in any other way. You can't will yourself with positive thoughts to a life of thankfulness and praise. It can only come through God. And so this morning is a great opportunity to pray that, to pray what David prayed. It's also a great opportunity to read Psalm 100. And maybe some of us need to read that for the rest of the month. Maybe every day you just read Psalm 100 in the morning. Reset your mind in the morning to that. Rather than checking your phone or doing something else, just read Psalm 100 in the morning. Almost to the point where you have it memorized and realize that's the God of the universe that loves you. I'm going to pray and then we're going to sing another song. As we sing that song, raise your voice. Don't be afraid to sing out off key because you're praising the God of the universe and he accepts you and loves you where you're at no matter how how you sound or what you look like or your background or the sins that you've committed in your past whatever is going on we should sing with excitement and praise him let's pray heavenly father we come before you and we know God that you love us and you care for us. We know, God, that you are the God of the universe that made us. You also have said that we are your people. We are the people that you love and are faithful to. 
God, we know that many times when things do not go the way we had hoped, we don't see the opportunity in what happens. And instead, we see, see things and barriers. And we produce a spirit that's not of thankfulness and praise. It's just of fear. So I pray this morning over the church, over the community of believers that are watching online as well. God, I just pray that you would grant us freedom from the things that we are uh, afraid of. Freedom from, from things that maybe, maybe other people think are, are minuscule or small that we're still afraid of. God, grant us an opportunity to see your face, see who you are and praise you with thankfulness because we are the sheep of your pasture. And you made us. We say all this in Jesus' name.